0: Bible, please turn with me to the book of Revelation. We'll be in chapter 13 tonight. Revelation chapter 13. We'll read, um, excuse me, we will read the first, um, actually, probably the first uh, um, 10 verses. and so we'll we'll just read the first ten verses here tonight, but uh, Revelation chapter thirteen there's a lot going on uh, in this passage uh, i I would say that even more than the last passage this is uh this is quite uh um, ex- an exciting uh, um, just uh, time in the book of revelation uh, as it describes uh, uh, some uh, some very um, interesting things that are going on here. But uh, first, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Revelation, first, Revelation chapter 13, verses 1 through 10. And if you're physically able to do so, let me invite you one more time uh, to stand as we honor the reading of God's holy and written word. Revelation chapter 13, beginning in verse 1, going through verse 10. Hear the word of the Lord that's given to us this evening. And I stood upon the sand of the sea and saw a beast rise up. "...out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns, and upon his horns ten crowns, and upon his heads the name of blasphemy. And the beast which I saw was like like to a leopard, and his feet were as the feet of a bear, and his mouth as the mouth of a lion, and the dragon gave him his power and his seat and great authority. And I saw one of his heads, as it were, wounded to death, and his deadly wound was healed, and all the world wondered after the beast." And they worshipped the dragon, which gave power to the beast. And they worshipped the beast, saying, Who is like to the beast who is able to make war with him? And there was given to him a mouth, speaking great things and blasphemies. And power was given to him to continue forty and two months. And he opened his mouth in blasphemy against God, to blaspheme his name and his tabernacle and them that dwell in heaven. And it was given to him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. And power was given to him over all kindreds and tongues and nations. And all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him, whose names are not written in the book of life of the Lamb, slain from the foundation of the world. And if any man have an ear, let him hear. He that leads into captivity shall go into captivity. He that kills with the sword must be killed with the sword. Here is the patience and the faith of the saints. Let's pray. Our fathers, we take up this uh, Uh, this text we would ask for your help we would ask for your guidance we would ask for your um, your spirit to attend to us now and help us to make application here um, and to understand better what uh, what it is that we need to see and understand from this text and we ask you to grant us this grace now in Jesus name amen and amen thank you You be seated So I think uh, if uh, we had to title this, it's simply uh, the beast, uh, the beast of revelation or the satanic beast of revelation. I think that's really what we're going to deal with tonight. We're going to deal with this, this, uh, this thing, this entity known simply here in verse or chapter 13 as the beast. It is interesting. Uh, we'll make some uh, some comments here about this about this entity, about this being uh, that we are simply know that we simply know of here that the writer John simply references here as the beast. But in Revelation twelve, so we need to understand that Revelation chapter twelve and chapter thirteen really do go together, even though they're separated uh, by different chapters. They really do go together um, because um, we are introduced to the dragon in chapter twelve of Revelation, and it is again chapter twelve or chapter thirteen excuse me where the bee, uh, where the the dragon now gives power to this beast uh, chapter twelve of Revelation we see Satan uh, being the dragon being cast out kicked out of out of heaven to the earth, uh, and his wrath has come upon the earth we are told in Revelation. Chapter 12, verse 17, and, and as a result then, the, this dragon, Satan, begins to attack God's people in a special way, uh, and he begins uh, to try to seduce the nations and the world to worship him, to serve him, to honor him. Uh, as is true with most anything else, he doesn't come directly. He doesn't come uh, as, a, as a false prophet or a false teacher directly. But he does come uh, through seduction and by trying to deceive us, uh, by, to, to deceive the nations as to his true intentions and his true, um, his true meaning and purpose behind it all. Ultimately, the purpose of the dragon that we'll see here uh, in, in chapter 13, the whole purpose of what he is doing is seeking those who will worship him. He is seeking the worship of the inhabitants of the earth. He is seeking those of the earth to worship him. After all, this is his, I guess, his best shot, if you will, um, to, use a, to use the phrase, his best shot at, uh, um, at seeking to wreak havoc upon the earth. So let's talk about this, this beast here. Let's first see where the beast rises from in chapter 13 and verse 1. Let's read this together. And I stood upon the sand of the sea. Notice again, there's a contrast here between the beast that's arising now and the dragon. The, for the red dragon was said to have been seen as an anomaly or a, 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 a miraculous thing in heaven. Now we find he being cast down to the earth, there is now a beast that rises up out of the sea. And that's what he says. He, and, and, I, and he says, and I saw a beast rise up out of the sea. Having seven heads and ten horns, and upon his horns ten crowns, and upon his heads the name of blasphemy. So, where does this beast, this satanic beast, come from? Well, um, we would say, well, the text says the sea. Well, to that we would say well absolutely the sea i mean that's what john says however if we know anything about the the uh, the illusion here when it's talking about the this, this sea it is not talking about a literal sea it is the sea here is used to represent uh, the nations and so the this sea that this beast is rising out of is not a literal na- it's not a literal ocean or a literal sea, it is instead uh, representative of this being, this beast rising up out of the ocean of the nations, out of the out of among from among the nations. Uh, it, seeing that this sea speaks of the nations of this world, and what we'll see in chapter uh, thirteen, verse eleven, where a a second beast is going to come out. Uh, from the from the ocean or out of the out of the earth, um, and 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 we'll, we'll talk more about him next week. But at this point, this beast, this satanic entity that is that Satan will give um, will give power to, he will rise from among the nations. Now, who is this beast? Um, I think it would be correct to identify him as the the last and great. Antichrist that will arise. Uh, I say the last and great Antichrist because we know from the Apostle John in his writings of 1st, 2nd, 3rd John that there are many Antichrists in the world now. An Antichrist is anyone who seeks to subvert the authority and the power of Jesus and seeks to have themselves replacing Jesus and be worshipped. They are anyone who seeks to undermine the authority, the power, and the rule of Christ. And most of us would probably think of these guys as being uh, being those who are uh, uh, directly opposed, and that wouldn't necessarily be wrong, except for the fact that we do need to keep in mind when we're talking about being directly opposed to Christ, obviously anti-Christ, we need to also think of this, though, in the sense of they are directly opposed to Christ because they are mimicking Christ, and they are establishing and setting themselves up against Christ—a rivalry kingdom, a kingdom of rivalry over against Christ. So they're not. It's not so much that they are they are doing everything directly opposite to Jesus, right? That would be too obvious. But instead, what they are doing is they are setting a similar kingdom up, as we will talk about, as we see in Revelation chapter thirteen, with the with the with the dragon here in chapter thirteen, and the dragon gives authority and power to the beast. And in chapter thirteen, beginning in verse eleven and, and going through the rest of the chapter, we see a a false prophet that then arises. And so, what we ultimately have here is Satan doing what he has always done? What is he doing? Satan himself has established an unholy satanic trinity, with Satan being the head, the father, the beast being in the place of the son, and the false prophet who will arise as being in place of the Holy Spirit. And so we have Satan doing what Satan has always done, He has mimicked and continues to mimic the God of the universe, the God of Scripture, the God who is the rightful ruler of all. And it's this beast that he now raises up, not over against um, Jesus in the sense that he is directly opposed to Jesus and doing directly everything against Jesus. Uh, If Jesus does something, he's going to do direct opposite. But instead, he's doing this through mimicry. He's doing this by saying, well, see, I'm the one that you have been waiting for. Worship me. I'm from among you. Um, and it is interesting that uh, in contrast to Christ, who is from heaven and originated from heaven, this beast is said to be, this, this mimicker, this, this mimicking beast is said to have originated out of the nations. Don't miss. Don't miss what John is doing here. He is drawing a direct relationship between, or a co- direct contrast between Christ who is from heaven, and this, this false Christ, this Antichrist being from among the nations who will arise from out of the nations. And unlike, unlike this uh, um, uh, the, the second beast, unlike the first beast, um, comes from uh, the, the first uh, dragon coming from heaven. This one comes from man. So let's look at uh, not only where the beast is from, as the text there, but let's also see the strangeness. The, the, uh, the, 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 the str- I think that's probably the best word I can use this, the weirdness, the strangeness of this beast. Uh, as you look in verses uh, 1 and 2 here, you find something very striking and very interesting. And it should, if you know anything about, um, about the Old Testament, Old Testament uh, uh, flags or bells should be going off for you. And we'll talk about that in just a minute. But, but let's talk about the strangeness of the appearance of this beast. It says of this beast that he rises up out of the nations and he has seven heads and ten horns and upon his horns ten crowns and upon his heads the name of blasphemy. And the beast, verse 2, which I saw was like to a leopard... And his feet were as the feet of a bear, and his mouth as the mouth of a lion. And the dragon gave him his power and his seat and great authority. Now again, as I've already said, at this point, if you know anything about, old, um, about your Old Testament, something should be going off inside your head saying, Now wait a minute, I think I have heard all of this before. To which I would say, ding, 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 we have a winner, you are correct you have heard all of this before. You have heard all of this before because it comes from Daniel chapter 7. John is quoting from Daniel chapter 7 Um, and it's interesting here because in chapter 7 we read first, that I can, in verse 8, Daniel 7 8, it says, I considered the horns, and behold, there came up among them another little horn, before whom, whom there were three of the first horns plucked up by the roots. And I behold, in this horn were eyes, like the eyes of a man, and mouths speaking great things. But then you go on down to uh, verse 23. And it says, And thus he said, The fourth beast shall be the fourth kingdom upon the earth, which shall be diverse from all kingdoms, and shall devour the whole earth, and shall tread it down, and break it in pieces. And the ten horns out of this kingdom are ten kings that shall arise, and another shall rise after them. And he shall be diverse from the first, or different from the first, and he shall subdue three kings. Now listen to this, and he shall speak great words against the Most High, i.e. Revelation chapter 13. He is speaking great and blasphemous words. And he says, and he shall wear out the saints. Very strange, very unique uh, phrase in Hebrew here, literally meaning to, um, to oppress them to the point of um, absolute uh, exasperation and absolute Um, Almost uh, hopelessness, but it says that he will oppress or he will wear out the saints of the Most High, and think to change times and laws, and they shall be given into his hand until a time and times and the dividing of times, which again goes back to what John talked about, spoke of in Revelation chapter twelve, time and times and half a time, three and a half years, forty-two months. And it's this dragon, this beast that we see finally, at long last, rising up out of the sea and out of the, of the nations. Notice how he is described here. It's very strange in appearance, but again, this isn't speaking, I just want to make this clear. He, he isn't speaking uh, of a literal creature rising up out of the ocean. This is, a, this is meant for us to understand uh, and the representation that John is giving us here. First, he has the likeness of the dragon, and I think we need to make sure that we understand that, as he says. So if you remember, um, back in Revelation chapter 11, um, uh, I'm sorry, chapter 12, um, and it says in verse 3, And there appeared another wonder in heaven, and behold, a great red dragon. Listen to this having seven heads and 10 horns and seven crowns upon his heads now listen to how the beast is now described in uh, revelation chapter 13 and it says uh, having seven heads and 10 horns and upon his horns 10 crowns and upon his heads the names of blasphemy see how this 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 antichrist is mimicking the work of Christ by trying to seek to set himself up in the place of Christ. This is what antichrists always do. This is what antichrists always do. None of them come, uh, or very few of them come, proclaiming themselves to be uh, the uh, the Jesus himself, although you always have a few, right? Always a few who will say, well, you know, know, I'm the reincarnated Jesus. There's a a guy, I think, in the Philippines, and I think one down in South America, that they just blatantly say, hey, I'm reincarnated Jesus. Um, but uh, but, for the most part, they come and they speak with smooth and buttery words they speak with with uh, with glowing and in glowing terms to seek to lead us astray to leak to lead others astray uh, and with the exception of the ten crowns right instead of the seven right that is spoken of of the great red dragon, this beast is almost identical to the great red dragon, speaking of the satanic empowerment and the satanic um, likeness um, of, uh, uh, of, uh, of this beast. Um, and it's, again, Satan doing what Satan does in the Gospel of John. What does Jesus say to Philip? He says, if you've seen me, Philip, you have seen the Father. And here, this is what this antichrist beast, this satanic beast, is doing. He is taking, seeking to, to usurp the role of our Lord and Savior, the rightful King of kings, the rightful Lord of lords, King Jesus. And Satan is a spirit being, and, and he cannot operate effectively on earth, right, except, uh, except um, uh, he's using the passions and the personalities of men, and he does this quite well. Listen, I am convinced that should Satan himself, should he be removed from the world, most, most men, most women would continue right on doing what they've always done because they are we are in our hearts of hearts wicked sinners. And Satan often uses that. Satan often uses that. And I would say that in this instance, though, this is the reality that he is seeking to embody himself in some way through this person, through this being, this physical man. And so this this beast represents Antichrist. He is literally Satan's incarnation, if we can use that phrase. It It is whatever he will do, whatever Satan wants him to do. He will recognize where his power comes from, he will act in accordance with that power, and he will, he, will live, he will live his life, and his mission will be to advance the dominion of the dragon throughout the world, the dominion of, of, of Satan throughout the world. But um, it is interesting that not only do we meet this being in Daniel chapter 7, um but there is also a, a uh, an interesting um, being a similar being that we meet um, in uh, in Daniel um, chapter two in Daniel chapter two we meet uh, we meet this being even beforehand um, in uh or, or, or uh, um, in the form of a statue and yet this is um, this is this is the dominion of the beast here. Um, and so I, what I would like to do is I'd just like to read this to you. Uh, you may be familiar with it, but I think it is important for our purposes. Um, Daniel, of course, has been given by God the, the understanding of uh, what the king had dreamed so that everybody doesn't have to die. Uh, and, and so here in Daniel chapter 2... Um, listen to what Daniel says about the king's dream, that the king has dreamed. In Daniel chapter 2, he says, You, O king, saw, and behold, a great image. This great image, whose brightness was excellent, stood before you, and the form thereof was terrible. And this image, this image's head was of fine gold, and its breast and its arms of silver, its belly and its thighs of brass, It's legs of iron, it's feet part of iron and part of clay. You saw till that the stone was cut out without hands, which smote the image upon its feet that were of iron and clay and broke them to pieces. Then was the iron, the clay, the brass, the silver and the gold broken to pieces together and became like the chaff of the summer threshing floors. And the wind carried them away that no place was found for them. And the stone that smote the image became a great mountain, And filled the whole earth. This is the dream, and we will tell the interpretation thereof before the king. You, O king, are a king of kings, for the God of heaven has given you a kingdom, power, and strength, and glory. And wherever the children of men dwell, the beasts of the field and the fowls of the, hev- of the heaven ha- he, has he given into um, your hand and has made you a ruler over them all. You are his head of gold, or you are this head of gold. And after you shall arise another kingdom inferior to you and another, th- and, and another third kingdom of brass, which shall bear r- rule over all the earth. And the fourth kingdom shall be strong as iron, for as much as iron breaks its in pieces and subdues all things and as iron that breaks all of these shall it break in pieces and bruise and whereas you saw the feet and the toes part of the potter's part of potter's clay and part of iron the kingdom shall be divided but there shall be in it of the strength of the iron for as much as you saw the iron mixed with miry clay and as the toes of the feet were Part of iron and part of clay. So the kingdom shall be partly strong and partly broken. And whereas you saw iron mixed with miry clay, they shall mingle themselves with the seed of men, but they shall not cleave one to another, even as iron is not mixed with clay. And in the days of these kings shall the God of heaven set up a kingdom, which shall never be destroyed, and the kingdom shall not be left to other people. But it shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms, and it shall stand forever. Verse 45, for as much as you saw that the stone was cut out of the mountain without hands and that it broke in pieces, the iron, the brass, the clay, the silver, the gold, and the great God has made known to the king what shall come to pass hereafter. And the dream is certain and the interpretation thereof sure. You say now, okay, well, what does that have to do with this, this Revelation 13 Beast that we see rising out of the sea, which is, as I said, the, the um, which is representative of the nations. This beast that rises, this this man who rises up from among the nations of people, Well everything because this beast in chapter seven and this beast in Daniel chapter seven and this beast of Daniel chapter two are in fact one and the same. They they are describing one and the same uh, uh, events. The leopard and the bear and the lion speak of Greece, Persia. And, and, and Rome, or Babylon. And the image of Daniel had four main powers. And, and, and the absence of the fourth uh, here suggests that this beast, this Antichrist, in fact does represent the fourth power. Namely, and, and obviously I wouldn't say it if I didn't believe this, um, a, a revived Roman Empire. A revived Roman Empire. That 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 will make this one last great effort to stop the plan and the program of God. Now, how how will this happen? I don't know. But then again, I mean, uh, over the last eighteen months, who would have ever thought the things like we've seen have happened? Right? Uh, you say so. I don't think it's quite as inconceivable as we may think it is, or as people used to think it is. But this likeness of this beast is—I'm is, sorry—this likeness of this of this beast and made in the form of the dragon. Um, in, in other words, made uh, given Satan's power, doing the will of Satan himself upon the earth. This being, this Antichrist, his whole purpose is to dominate the world. It is to dominate the world, um, and so um, when and and so let, let me say this: when the world speaks of peace, they speak of of Rousseau's, uh, Jacques Rousseau's. Uh, utopian type of peace French philosopher seventeenth century I believe he was a he was a man who who believed that it was the government 's job to bring peace through force and this is the type of 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 uh, uh, of what of what of what the word of God is describing a man who believes that peace can be forged through the force of government and this is this is the type of dominion that this beast will seek to establish this is the type of <coughs> excuse me beast that this or the power that this beast will seek to exude in his in his in his rule and in his reign and he will seek to to overthrow the the kingdoms of all all nations and he will do that with great force and he will enforce his view and his vision of peace upon the world and he will do so through satanic empowerment he will do so through satanic empowerment as 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 the scripture says here that he'll do this because the the dragon satan of revelation 12 will give him his power it's what it says in verse 2 right that this dragon of verse of chapter 12 will give him his power and his seat and great authority um so do not underestimate don't think that um that this this is just uh going to happen. This is going to happen by Satan's plan and design. And so, so we see the, the, the strangeness then of this beast, the, the, the strangeness of his power, the strangeness of his, his, his likeness uh, and, and his seeking to mimic Jesus Christ, uh, the true King of kings and the true Lord of lords. But then we see something else going on here in chapter 2. Um, and that is the, uh, um, and I've already mentioned this, uh, so I'm not going to spend a great time on this, but uh, the uh, um, but the the the, uh, the beast receiving his power, he being entrusted with his power, uh, and, and that's what I, I've said. The dragon gave him his power, his seat, and great authority. In other words, Satan is going to enable this this antichrist for his his work. He is going to uh, give him power and position. He is going to be um, in a league. Uh, if you will, a league of his own. In other words, he's going to be a charismatic individual, right? He's not going to be some egghead goofball. He's going to be a person who everybody's going to like, and they're going to say, "Hey, well, this guy's great." You know, this guy—he's—he's he's a likable guy. But this beast, he receives everything he has from Satan. Of course, when we're saying Satan here, ultimately, uh, when the Scripture says that, we ultimately understand that even the devil is God's devil, that nothing happens um, apart from God's sovereign power. Nothing happens except God sovereignly permits something to happen. God is, even in this, even though he's allowing Satan to give this to, to to this Antichrist, ultimately none of this could be happening unless God himself were permitting this, were allowing this to happen. And so Satan is in this even in this instance still God's Satan? Nothing happening apart from God's work, God's plan, God's power uh, to allow this to take place. And there is a purpose in all of this taking place, as we'll see later in the Book of Revelation. But <clears throat> in saying this, uh, this Antichrist, this 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 beast is going to lead and rally this the nations of this world to oppose god and to oppose christ how well by being blasphemous yes but what is blasphemy well first it's speaking against but it's also accepting something that is uh, only reserved for someone else. And so in this instance, not only will he be speaking great words against God, but this beast is also going, and this is where the false prophet comes in and next week as we look at verse 11 and following, but is also establishing his own religion that mimics Christianity to the point that he himself is is seeking to lead away the worship of the God of heaven into those who worship and and cipher that off to cause them to worship the God of this world, Satan himself. But, as I said, even saying this, uh, not even Satan himself can stop the plan and the program of God. Nothing can stop this. Uh, They uh, they may have, have this great plan, but as the old saying, the best laid plans of mice and men often go awry. And that's what's going to happen. But yet there is going to be a time in which this, this beast, having received his power from, from Satan himself, <clears throat> will be allowed to crush the nations or to, to bring the nations together and enforce his view of this massive utopian society uh, enforced through military might under his, under his thumb, uh, will, it will happen for a time. But there's something else, and this, this is what you see, I think he gives the beast even more um, uh, of a following, if you will, because there is a wound that occurs that we're told about here in verse 3. And it says, And I saw of the heads, as it were, wounded to death, and his deadly wound was healed. And listen to this, all the world wondered, or literally marveled, at the beast, or after the beast. So whatever else this means, um, there is going to be some sort of a miraculous occurrence uh, here of, of uh, within and regards to the Antichrist. There's going to be some miraculous event that is going to cause the world to stand in awe of this Antichrist. Um, now the scripture says that uh, this the, the, one of the heads that he saw was wounded to death but had been raised to life. Uh, so does that mean there's going to be some kind of, uh, the, this beast is going to be uh, attempted to be assassinated and raised from the dead? I, I don't know that that's the case, but I, I would simply say whatever else may be said it is, in fact, a miraculous event that takes place that causes the wicked rulers of the nations to stand up and say, this is who we want to follow. This is who we should follow. And so it is, it is interesting that, that this, this beast is going, even in his attempt to mimic Christ, is going to do exactly that. And then we see not only the, 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 the damage and the, the, the wound that the beast will incur, but we also see the, 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 um, uh, the, the worship that this, uh, this beast is going to receive. And, and listen to this in verse 4, okay? He says, And they worship the dragon which gave power to the beast, and they worship the beast, saying, Who is like the beast, or to the beast? who is able to make war with him. Um, And then verse 8, look what it says here. And all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him. Well, so that's very scary sounding, except you get down to this part where it says in verse 8, whose names are not written in the book of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. So all the world will go after him except... Those who know the true king, those who know the true king of heaven, and a matter of fact, they are they are extolling this beast 's uh, ability because they even say who 's able to to withstand this guy who 's able to, to to even stand against this 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 antichrist uh, and of course i mean they 're not going to call him antichrist, I mean you understand that, but but whatever he, whatever he is, whatever his title is. Uh, they're going to be extolling his character and they're going to be extolling his ability they're going to be extolling his uh, charisma and everything about him and and I would say to you that the end of this age is going to be characterized by and and, and I want to make this clear um outright worship of satan I, I I don't know that 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 is that is exactly what's being taught here but but by um uh, by the reality of what they're worshiping, they are, in fact, worshiping Satan. Uh, They are, in fact, worshiping Satan. And and we say to ourselves, well, how, how is this even possible? Well, listen, if you talk to most people, right, in the world... You you will hear phrases like, "Well, you know, I'm not I'm not religious, but I am spiritual." And so we have all these conversations that you can have with people about spirituality and what that looks like. And everybody's looking for something. Everybody's looking for an angle on the spiritual realm. Everybody wants to wants to have their crystals or their, they want to have their, uh, their their voodoo or they want to have their uh, as, as, as uh, in some places uh, in in eastern Kentucky and in Appalachia we call it uh, not voodoo but it's a little different but it's called hoodoo um, and it's real and it's something different and, or or you want to have your um, your spirit guides or your mediums or your necromancers or you want to have all these things everybody's looking for something and what this beast this antichrist this being is going to do this man is going to do at the end of the age at the end of the time is he is going to stand up and do something miraculous and people are going to follow him because people, no matter how ardent of an atheist they are, are seeking to worship something. Oh, I know they say they're not. I don't worship nothing. Yes, you do. You worship you. Well, how do we know that? Because you eat, you probably exercise, maybe, you know you you go to the doctor when your teeth hurt you probably go to the dentist you probably take a pretty good care of yourself more than likely you 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 go to work more than likely you you provide for your own needs therefore i e you love yourself and so someone is always seeking to worship and this is what this beast offers i don't think he will offer a hard line of of just worship, worship just like this. You know, Christ says, uh, God says, I must be worshiped in this way, whereas the world says, well, we don't want to worship in that way, and I think you will find this man will offer the world a religion that everybody will like. Everybody will be able to do whatever they want in accordance with whatever they want to do, and they will be able to be, um, be free, so to speak. But we have the, the praise in all of this, right? Um, this is uh, so, some kind of crazed, um, blessed uh, or uh, uh, satanic, blessed, um, dazzling of the wicked and ungodly world. Um, I would say that that we we have seen and, and see time and time again of of how the world worships uh, charismatic leaders. Um, and it's only after that they become leaders that they that you realize what what great tyrants they are, um, and and I, I know he isn't the only one, but but think about Adolf Hitler. Um, we look back and say, well, he was an evil, evil man. Yes, yes, he was. And if anybody had actually been paying attention to what he was saying, they would have recognized that. However, um, when you are in a state, when your nation is so decimated and so destroyed and morale in your nation is so is so low and someone rises up and begins saying I will care for you because nobody else is that has great passive work uh, great great words of of uh, people encouraging people to to follow this person and that's what happens and I think this is the type of beast that this or the type of person this 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 being is going to be He's going to provide, promise to provide for them. And they're go- he's going to be, as I said, charismatic, and they're going to follow him, not to worship the Lord, but to worship Satan. And it is interesting that, as I said, that this, this condemned crowd is very clear here. Um, it, it is literally all the earth whose names are not written in the Lamb's book of life. So what does that mean? Well, it, what it means is is that there will be followers of the of the of the of the Lord Jesus Christ who will be alive at this point in time. They will be upon the earth, and they will not be deceived. Uh, mainly going back to the worldwide revival that seems to happen earlier in the Book of Revelation, uh, and so he will speak. This beast will speak great swelling blasphemous words against the Almighty, and his whole purpose is is in is in dishonoring. King Jesus and dishonoring the God of the Bible. Um, and this is why Antichrist's mouth is going to speak such great blasphemies. Um, and, and why he's going to have the name of blasphemy upon him, right? It's because he is not seeking to honor Christ. He's not seeking to honor God. He's not seeking to make much of God or the rule of God. He's rather instead seeking to honor himself, and so he blasphemes God because in God's place he wants to be worshipped. And then we see the war that this beast makes, don't we? Well, listen to this. Verse, chapter 13, verse 7. And it was given to him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. And power was given him over all kindreds and tongues and nations. Remember what we read back in Daniel chapter 2, where it talks about that uh, he, will, he will wear out the saints? Well, this is the reality. Those who, who are, who, whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life, who will not worship, they will be treated as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, right, were treated when they refused to bow down to the king's statue in the book of Daniel. And they said to, when the king said, uh, you know, hey guys, uh, you're going to worship my statue or I'm going to throw you in a furnace. And they said, well, king, guess what? Uh, uh, we don't care what you do because we're not going to worship. And he, they end up throwing them in and God protected them and saved them. But in the end, um, this, is the, this is the type of rule that this king is going to exercise. They are going to establish um, laws that are, um, that are against uh, the Law of Heaven itself and against the God of Heaven himself, and this beast is going to wage war against the saints and he 's going to uh, which is actually in line with what we 're taught here in Revelation chapter twelve that after the beast couldn 't get to the woman he 's going to go off and make war against the seed of the woman that he that he could not destroy in chapter twelve. Well, in Chapter thirteen, we see who this seed is. It is those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life who was slain from before the foundation of the world. Christians, Christians will be slain. Christians will be overpowered. Christians will not, not, they will be persecuted and hunted down. They will be persecuted with a great persecution. But in all of this, there is a stern warning, isn't there? Because in verses 9 and 10, listen to, listen to what is said here. Listen to what, what is said. If any man have an ear, let him hear. He that leads into captivity shall go into captivity. He that kills with the sword must be killed with the sword. Here is the patience and the faith of the saints. Now what in the world does John mean by any of this? What does John mean by he who has an ear to hear, let him hear? And he who, ha- he who kills with the sword must be killed, and he who leads into captivity must be led into captivity? What in the world is John even saying here? You know, this doesn't make a bit of sense. Well, I simply say to you that first we have this, this understanding of the he who has an ear. If any man has an ear, let him hear, right? We haven't heard this phrase since when? Revelation chapter 3. When Jesus was speaking to the churches, he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Now, this is different, right? Because he doesn't add what the Spirit is saying into the churches. But he does say, he who has an ear, let him hear. This is an exhortation to the men of the nations. This is an exhortation that men need to hear today. The message of the gospel of Jesus Christ and to be encouraged to flee to Christ Because there are many antichrists who damn the soul because they seek to subvert and blaspheme the God of heaven. And men must be called to repentance and faith in Christ. They must be called to give an ear to what God is saying, not to he who seeks to blaspheme the God of heaven. And so, this is a stern warning to those who dwell upon the earth, among the inhabitants of the earth, the nations of men. Let them hear, John is saying let them Let them listen to what's coming, because this is not going to be a good time. But then, there's a principle in all of this, in this warning. And that gets into, he that leadeth into captivity shall shall go into captivity. He that killeth with the sword must be killed with the sword. So what is John saying here? John is saying that in the end, we reap what we ultimately sow. In other words, we reap, we reap from whom we worship. We reap the blessings from whom we worship. If you follow the Antichrist, he will lead you. And If you follow the beast, if you follow the dragon, Satan himself, you will be led into eternal damnation. If you follow the Lamb who was slain from before the foundation of the world for the sins of men, you will be led to eternal life. You will receive the wages from whom you serve. From whom you worship. Isn't this what Paul through the through the Holy Spirit told us in in Romans? For the wages of sin is death. But the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. That is this is exactly what Paul or what John is saying here. This is what's being said. If you follow the beast, if you follow Antichrist, you will receive the wages of Antichrist. But if you follow Christ, true Christ, the King of Heaven, you will receive the blessings of the King of Heaven. Who you follow matters. Who you worship matters. Who we give our allegiance to matters. And we give our allegiance either to Christ or to Antichrist. Because as John says, there are many Antichrists in the world today. And there are many who are buying for for our time. They're they're seeking to, 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 to lead us astray. Christian, let your heart be singularly devoted to Christ. Let us call men and women to faith in Christ while there is still the time that we have given to us by God to call men and women to faith in Christ so that no matter if the world ends today or tomorrow or next week or next year or in a hundred years or a thousand years, and no matter what, that we would be said that we were faithful to Christ in the generation in which we lived to proclaim Christ to the generation in which we lived. For those who may be here who have never trusted Christ, here is the call to you. The wages that you are working for lead you to death. Don't pursue those wages. Instead, pursue the wages of life given to us by grace through faith in Christ alone. Let us pursue Christ and we will be found to be blessed by God through salvation. Let's pray. Father, thank you for our time in the word tonight. We pray that you would help us and guide us. Though this is a time that speaks... uh, I believe, of a, of a future coming, but yet at the same time, we, we know that, that um, uh, we have the hope of Christ now. So help us to preach Jesus, to proclaim Jesus, to live out our faith in Jesus, to be singularly devoted to Jesus in all that we do and say. Keep us, Father, we pray, <clears throat> from, from temptation, and keep us from sin. Keep us from allowing anything to have dominion over us. But instead, by the power of your Holy Spirit, bring our, uh, bring our passions under subjection to Christ. So now may you help us, Father, to you who, who are glorious and exceedingly glorious. Father, we ask for you to work and move for the sake of your great name. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, we ask this. Amen.